celebrating over two decades of consecutive broadcasts on the great game of horse racing in Las Vegas. The Race Day Las Vegas show thanks all of our listeners and sponsors for your appreciated support. The following is a Race Day Las Vegas presentation in association with Sirocco Productions Limited on the Race Day Las Vegas radio network. Gaming capital of the world, time for Race Day Las Vegas, covering the sport of kings with a Las Vegas perspective. Now to the race desk with your host, Ralph Sirocco. From the backstretch to the turf club, at the race books and on the internet, to all horse players around the world, a good morning. Well, 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 well. Good morning, everybody. Welcome to the Race Day Las Vegas radio program on this Wednesday, the 11th day of May, 2022. That is, of course, 5112022. That's your date. We welcome you to the show. We come to you live and direct from the gaming capital of the world, Las Vegas, Nevada, right here at our studio station, our home base, Sports Talk, 1400 AM in Las Vegas. And we welcome everybody out there listening to us on all the different streaming platforms that we have that covers the entire world through the Internet at our websites, racedaylasvegas.com, .vegas.world.global, or your iPhone or your Android, where you can get your KSHP radio station phone app. And you can put it on your device so you can hear us now, streaming on your device. And, of course, wherever you get your podcasting, we're there as well. So welcome. No matter however, wherever, whenever you get us to the race day show for this Wednesday as we kick off another week of racing and uh, really needed the two days off that we had Monday and Tuesday to kind of, I don't know, uh, re-look uh, at all of the stuff that happened uh, through and with the Kentucky Derby, the Cinderella story of the Kentucky Derby, and now... Now we look forward to the Preakness Stakes, the middle jewel of the Triple Crown, where only one horse in the entire world has an opportunity, a chance to win the, uh, the Triple Crown after the Kentucky Derby win. Of course, that is your uh, Kentucky Derby winner, Red Strike. Trained by Eric Reed, jockey will be Sonny Leon, first in the Kentucky Derby. Rich strike. Will he be able to strike Rich again in the middle jewel of the Triple Crown? We'll wait and see. A lot of people think that it was this uh, win in the Kentucky Derby was some sort of aberration. I could see that. And you know, when you uh, when you Look at the winner of the Kentucky Derby, and you know the the over analysis, the 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 time and effort that all the handicappers and seminars, etc., put it in. And to my knowledge, no one in any public forum picked this horse. So you scratch your head and you say, "Okay, listen, this is just something that happens in racing. That's good for racing because the little guy." in racing, shows that the little guy can still win. A happy story, no doubt. But as far as the handicappers are concerned, you're scratching your head, right? So you go back and you look and you look and you look, and the only thing that you could possibly derive out of past performances and speed figures is the fact that this horse did win a race at Churchill Downs over that racetrack. He was one for one going into the Kentucky Derby. Now, granted, it was a $30,000 maiden claiming race in which he was claimed by the owners. But he ran away from that field. He won by a, a zip code. He won by 17 and a half lengths. 
Drew off and geared down was the comment of the race. Now that was back in September 21. Since then, well, he finished third in his next start at Keeneland. Not bad. I mean, it's Keeneland after bobbling at the start. Uh, and then, uh, you know, he ran in stakes races, fifth, a third, a fourth in the John Battaglia, and in the the Jack Ruby Stakes, he finished a, a third place in a in a full field there to uh, Tis the Bomb and Tony Port. Tony Port came back and won the Lexington. So I guess if you really start dissecting it, his chances of victory weren't maybe 80 to 1. But it was on Saturday, and what a story it was. So what are we left with now? We're left with now to see if that was an aberration, to see if that was a wake-up call, or to see if it was was, uh, anything in between. So as we looked forward to the 147th edition of the Preakness Stakes, which is a great one for a million and a half bucks at a mile and three sixteenths. And that'll be held on May 21st, which is 10 days from now. Here now is the first, the first list of possibles for the Preakness. They include Creative Minister, Kenny McPeak Trainee, was a winner in a Churchill Downs allowance race in his last start. Expected to have Brian Hernandez Jr. riding. Early voting, a Chad Brown trainee, Jose Ortiz, expected to ride, was second in the Wood Memorial. Remember, he was the one that got caught in the Wood Memorial by Mo Donegal. Epicenter, need not explain to you who he is. Uh, after a very successful winning season in Louisiana, capped off by the Louisiana Derby, he finished second in the Kentucky Derby. Everybody thought he was going to be the winner, right, until... Uh, Rich Strike ran up the rail. Steve Asmissen for, and of course, Joel Rosario will re-ride. Ethereal Road, the horse that was scratched in the Kentucky Derby, allowing Rich Strike to get in the Kentucky Derby, will go on the Preakness Stakes for D. Wayne Lucas. Of course, he was seventh in the Bluegrass. No rider has been decided. Rattle and Roll, Kenny McPeak trainee. Corey Lannery riding, sixth in the bluegrass, so we'll wait and see about that. Rich Strike, of course, for trainer Eric Reed and Sonny Leon, who won the Kentucky Derby. Secret Oath. Now, here's the Kentucky Oaks winner that from the Kentucky Oaks will now take on the boys in the Preakness. Dwayne Lucas, Luis Saez will ride. Shake em Loose. Trained by Rodolfo Sanchez Solomon. Charlie Marquez will ride. It was third in the Tessio. The Tessio, of course, uh, the prep for the Preakness there in Maryland. Simplification, who finished fourth in the Kentucky Derby for Antonio Seno. John Velasquez will re-ride. Skippy Longstockings, a new shooter, Safi Joseph trainee. Junior Alvarado was third in the Wood Memorial. Uno Ojo, the uh, Ricky Corville trainee, Ramon Vasquez will ride after finishing eighth in the Arkansas Derby and skipping the Kentucky Derby because of a setback. And Zandon, Chad Brown's trainee, who finished third in the Kentucky Derby. Flavian Pratt will re-ride right now. Those are the expected horses to go in the Preakness Stakes. The entries for the Preakness will be drawn on Monday. And uh, Rich Strikes trainer, Eddie, Eric Reed, he's going he's gonna, to he make his first visit to Pimlico when he brings Rich Strike in next week, the 57-year-old trainee. And it goes on and on and on. What what a great story. This is really a great story. All right. Uh, let's see uh, the stats on this thing. Well, <clears throat> the Derby on TV on the NBC networks had a viewership of 16 million people. It was the eighth consecutive year that the Derby has had over 15 million viewers. And at the peak time, the time of the race itself, 
it was as high as 19 million viewers, the most watched sporting event since the Super Bowl. That's good news. So now we wait and see. On today's show, uh, we got we're going to bring in Jonathan Hardoon, who uh, will give us his uh, Kentucky Derby experience with Cyberknife. John Lindo and Jerry J will be along with us to give us their analysis and their afterthoughts about the Derby. Uh, we have a limited six-track menu for today, but I'll give you the results of the Twin Q that happened uh, on Sunday with a carryover of uh, $25,879.20. And we'll go over some of the stuff looking ahead, that's for sure. So without any further ado, I'm going to go to the first break. I need to get a cup of coffee and clear my throat. We'll be right back. Don't go away. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and a $50 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Details available at all sportsbooks. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all righty let's take a look at the weather should be okay in any of the racing centers that's available today on the menu across the country up and down both coast and the gulf is clear the only action at all as far as the weather is concerned is in the uh, middle of the uh, north of uh, the contiguous 48 and uh, all I can say is uh, most of the country is going to be warmer than usual at this time of the year here in Las Vegas we continue with the wind Uh, right now here in Vegas uh, about 20 minutes after 7 in the morning we have uh, temperatures of 57 degrees and uh, the uh, we'll top out at 70 degrees today so we uh, we dropped a few well, we dropped about 10 degrees since the last couple of days. But the wind has been out there, and it'll be out there again. That's for sure. All right, 57, 70 topping out today. And uh, so that's it. So here's the menu of racetracks available today in the race book, simulcast centers and racetracks around the country. Remind you of the first post times we broadcast on the show each and every day reflect that of the Pacific time zone. So if you're listening here in Las Vegas at Sports Talk 1400 AM, these will be the first post times to roll out in our books. If you're listening anywhere else on all the different platforms that we have, like our websites, phone apps, and podcasting, and you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. Simply put, wherever, however, whenever, if you're not in the Pacific time zone, adjust to it. The first post times are Pacific, and I don't want you to miss anything like, of course, I miss mom and dad. So here's your menu of racetracks for today. We begin 
with Parks Racing. Now, Parks Racing has a pick five jackpot carryover over a half million dollars. $504,392. I will repeat that. $504,392 in a pick five jackpot carryover at Parks Racing. Are you ready for that? Yeah. All right. First post time at Parks today is 9.55. Next comes Finger Lakes. Yeah, Finger Lakes is back on the menu. Uh, Finger Lakes has a first post time of 10.10. 10.10 at Finger Lakes today. They got a regular pick six carryover of uh, $4,036 in the Finger Lakes regular pick six carryover today. 10.10, first post time there. Then next up comes Horseshoe Indianapolis. Horseshoe Indianapolis has a pick six jackpot carryover of $5,494. And their first post time at Horseshoe Indianapolis is at six, uh, make that 11.30, 11.30. First post at Horseshoe Indianapolis today. Following that will be Penn National. You go all the way to 3 o'clock. 3 o'clock is the first post at Penn Nat. And uh, let's see if they have any carryovers. Yes, they do. They got a super high five jackpot carryover of $21,029, Penn National. 3 p.m. first post. Then we go to Evangeline Downs. Their first post time is 3.30 today, 3.30 at Evangeline. And we wrap it up with Charlestown. Charlestown races. First post time at Charlestown is at 4 p.m. And their pick six jackpot carryover, 149,412 bucks. Charlestown, first post time, 4 p.m. Okay, you got six racetracks going today, and then they pick it up on uh, Thursday. We'll have 10 tracks on the menu. Friday, 13 tracks on the menu. Oh, gosh. Friday the 13th and 13 racetracks. Boy, do we have to beat that, huh? We got to beat that luck on Friday. Saturday, there'll be 14 racetracks available on your menu. And so that is the racing menu today. Now, we, of course, uh, were uh, doing parties and seminars and all that stuff. And we had vested interest as far as our hip pocket was concerned. But this guy had a vested interest in all that. Plus, Jonathan Hardoon has survived the Kentucky Derby. And we're about ready to get a thought or two from him. Is this Jonathan? This is Ralph. Barely survived, by the way. <laughs> Those are some long days. I mean, you start early in the morning and uh, then, you know, finish till after dinner and everything else. And uh, it was a great time. It really was. And the walkover was fantastic. You know, when you uh, come to the top of the stretch and you look up and you see 150,000 people cheering. And, uh, everything was good except the race. And what are you going to do? Uh, just came up tough, and uh, they went real fast, real early, you know, and uh, Cybernet was just too close to the pace, and turning for him, he actually looked like he had a little bit of a shot, but uh, Giroux said when he saw he was empty, he just uh, took care of the horse and, and you know, wrapped him up. It's just, once you don't finish sixth, in the top six, you don't get anything anyway, so what's the difference if you finish 10th or 18th, you know? You just take care of the horse at that point, and, uh, the horse has a summer of races coming ahead of him, so why not protect him? Yeah, yeah and um, <clears throat> he was uh, racing, I think, in fifth or sixth down the backstretch. He was like the back end of the first flight of the horses, and it was like a ridiculous suicidal pace, right? They went faster than uh, they went in the sprint earlier when, um, what's his name, Jackie's Warrior, won 22.45. <laughs> The hour race went 21 for a mile and a quarter, 21.45. So. Yeah. And if you were up close, you, you had no shot. Listen, a lot of horses didn't show up. Messier, Tabor, you know, uh, Wider Barrio. Uh, the horse that won, if they ran the race 300 more times, you may not win. But he got lucky that day, and he got lucky in that race, and a terrific, terrific ride by the jockey. Because uh, if you watch the replay, he was breaking from the extreme outside post, and he actually made a left-hand turn and found his way to the inside going into that first turn. So hats off to the rider. A terrific job. Not a bad claim for 30000 I'll tell you that much. They claimed the horse, I think, five starts back for 30000 They ended up in, in the derby. 
You know, the funny thing is, Ralph, they were giving out and selling T-shirts and everything, and uh, <laughs> this horse never even made the official T-shirt because <laughs> he was 21 and he drew in 9 o'clock Friday morning before the races, uh, and I guess all the merchandise was already printed up. But the winner of the Derby isn't even on the T-shirt this year, so... <laughs> Well, if, if you have one of those indelible pens, what you could do is the shirt you bought with the horse's <laughs> name that you had on it, you could just cross out and put Rich Strike on there after the race. Yeah, that's what you would have had to do, though. But, uh, again, you know, congratulations to them. They, you know, If you're in it, you have a chance to win it, that's for sure. $163, you don't see that often. I think it was the second highest payoff yeah. in Derby history. And... Uh, he, he got the money on the right day, and he was good on the right day. And uh, listen, the guy did a terrific job. He took back, and uh, he started passing horses that were going backwards, you know, and he was going forward, and uh, he just got up in time. And, and even in the middle of the stretch, uh, Leon had a check and go around the horse, and, and he got up. The, the amazing thing, Ralph, for a 20-horse field, not many excuses trip-wise. You know, Mo Donegal had some trouble at the start. And uh, Tis the Bomb and Classic Causeway also missed the break. But for the most part, it was a cleanly run race. You don't see 20 horse fields where people don't have a million excuses, but that was really the case. Uh, clean trips for most of the horses, and that's what you wanted to see. Now, of course, we saw, uh, you know, the uh, drone uh, shot above and all that stuff there, but you're right, he, he had... Not only uh, did he break from post uh, the outside post twenty, and he that kid immediately tried to save ground by you know just making a left turn and getting in there. But when they passed the stands with a mile to go, uh, he still was only seventeenth. He just had a couple of horses beat at that point, three horses as a matter of fact. And then he started his weaving, and he did. Uh, whenever he asked the horse to move left or right or around or between horses, he got the acceleration and he got the openings he needed, including that one at the uh, right be right after the eighth pole where he was trying to continue to run up the rail and there was a horse tiring in front of him. I can't remember who it was, but he, he went around him and there was nobody to keep him hemmed in, got around him and continued his ride up the rail to win. So it was a... Um, a storybook ending with, I think, a few of the gambling gods up there helping them along with that trip. <laughs> I would think so, that's for sure. And, uh, again, you know, take nothing away from him. He, he was running when everyone else was not. So that's that's really the key. And uh, it's funny because on Friday, this jockey and trainer won a race, I think, in Belterra Downs, and I think he won $950. For that mount, Sonny Leone, <laughs> and then on Saturday he made one hundred eighty-six thousand for that mount. A little difference from Friday to Saturday, but that just shows you—you you never know what could happen in this world and what could happen in this game. What a beautiful scene in the winter circle, too, with he and his wife and his baby, and and the trainer and the owner whose uh, first visits uh, at all were to the racetrack uh, like that. And, I mean, they got ju in just under the, the wire. I think there was five minutes left before the uh, official scratch time when they gave them the call and they said, yeah, we're in. So it was, it was really, I think, more of a, a divine intervention of, of racing than it was actually uh, by design. But, boy, it got all done and uh, what a great story it is for the general public out there and seeing that the little guy come I mean, it's, a, it's a, like a storybook ending. And certainly, if he goes on to run well in the Preakness and the Belmont, might be a, another uh, movie to be made about this horse, that's for sure. But it was, it was a great story. Now, you said that everybody, uh, most of the horses didn't run. You're right. I mean, but Epicenter and Zandon, they ran their races, and he ran them down. Yeah, for sure. I mean, Epicenter, he thought he was home, and Asusa was counting the money, figuring he's getting his first ever uh, derby, you know, and uh, it, it just didn't happen. And believe me, I think Epicenter was watching Zandon, and I don't even know if he saw this horse coming, uh -huh. but I assume he did, you know, because he was looking outside, and this horse came up inside. But I'm sure Rosario saw him coming, and he must have been just as shocked as everybody else was. Now, my understanding is I saw a tweet from somebody, a, 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 a writer uh, out there, that uh, said that it was like mass 
pandemonium during the race and then when this horse won and they realized the winner it was like dead silence <laughs> like people couldn't really people couldn't really believe it there was silence for sure and that happens a lot of times and you know at a racetrack when you get a crazy result like that uh-huh. and just the way it happened because this horse just appeared like you know with 50 yards to go i don't think anyone was really even paying any attention to him and I didn't, watching myself, I said, who was that? Yeah. And I'm looking 21, it can't be. <laughs> it was. Well, you know, where we were at and watching the big screen TV, when he rolled up the rail, the first thing we thought it was number two and not 21. You could hardly see the one on the saddle cloth. That's what I thought also. I thought it was Happy Jack also. I, you know, I said, oh, Happy Jack, okay. <laughs> Not Rich Strike, but it was Rich Strike. Yeah, I mean, Happy Jack was the horse who uh, uh, broke. Uh, he w- he was kind of slow getting out of the starting gate, and I thought to myself, "Wow, what a what a race this horse ran!" And uh, you know, it wasn't him, but I mean, uh, at the at the at the finish, I, I thought it was the two and not the twenty one. But it was soon discovered it was the twenty one, and and what a story it was. Uh, and the it, this was really, uh, you know, when you say this is a tale of two cities, well, this was a tale of two halves of a race because uh, the early pace was suicidal for the mile and a quarter. They went, uh, you know, uh, 21 What was po- the point? Yeah, I mean, what, what, what were they thinking about, really? I, I, you know, I don't get it, but... Uh, well, here's the thing. I uh, don't know. Were they riding to instructions, or was this the jockey's own ideas? I mean, you know, who wants that? Well, here's the thing. But that's uh, what happened. Brad, Brad Free, who was with uh, at the seminar uh, Friday night, said, when we got to Summers tomorrow and talked about him, he said that the owners, and I don't know if they talked to him specifically, but they talked to one of the press people that gave uh, Brad the information on this, they said that they were planning on going to the lead no matter what. They were going to have the lead in the race. And so that guy did ride to instructions, and Summers tomorrow led the flight of uh, the uh, the suicide with uh, doing exactly what they said they wanted to do, and that was to go to the lead. Of course, that cost him so much that he was first under the finish line the first time and last under the finish line when it counted. But uh, his 21.78, 45.36, and 110.34 fractional times really set it up for the backflight of the field. And uh, Rich Strike was the one that did most of the weaving and running. But i got to tell you that Epicenter and uh, Zandon, Epicenter in, early in the race was 8th. Zandon was 11th. So they had it set up for them, and they got there. But this horse just had a little bit more in the tank and got it done. He did, and, uh, you know, take nothing away from Epicenter and Zandon. They ran their races, and they ran winning races. But, uh, you know, nobody saw Rich Strike coming. No one imagined Rich Rich Strike would be coming, and he did. And it's a storybook ending, and the whole race was a storybook if you like Rich Strike. I mean, again, he was playing for $30,000. Uh, just a few races back, and he ends up winning the Derby. We had million dollar horses in that race. You know, yeah. they paid a million seven for Kaiba. You know, a lot of horses in that field went for a lot of money. And uh, here you had a little $30,000 claim to come, come and get it all. You know, and, and not only that, but you have also the dynamic of uh, the trainer and the owner were new guys on the block. That's for sure. A lot of people, uh, maybe at Churchill Downs, should thought that they they might not shouldn't even be there but that's the great thing about horse racing that is the one great thing about horse racing things like this happen and the dreams continue to to flow for people that's for sure and uh, congratulations to all of them and as far as Cyberknife, i would imagine they came out of the race okay it was nice that florent garot knew that he had hit empty and was going to try to protect the horse and did that's one a great thing about uh, a jockey you get like row. They know uh, not to abuse a horse or try to ask him to do anything more when the tank hits empty. And so you protect him for another day. What's uh, Now, obviously, he came out of the race okay. What's uh, what's up for him next? Well, it's not for me to say because, you know, I'm just like in the background. But I, I personally, and I don't know this for a fact, but I know that, uh, that Haskell is on their uh, – Radar, you know, the owner, Al Gold, is originally from New the Jersey. Monmouth Park area. Yeah. So, so winning winning the Haskell is kind of like winning in the Travis for people up in Saratoga. And, 
I would say that's probably what the, their main target is down the road. But, you know, I'm sure you'll see them probably race before that. So mm-hmm. let's see what happens. And, Jonathan, uh, from a personal standpoint, I know you flew into Louisville and all that, but you must have, you must have some uh, one good uh, story about the trip and, and, and your experience there at Churchill Downs. That was just the whole thing was great, Ralph. It really was, and the walkover was as exciting as it was expecting to be. You know, sometimes you build up things in your mind that doesn't turn out that good, but the, the walkover was great. It was exciting, and everybody, you know, had a, an opinion on their horse. It was just, it was just a lot of fun. It's tiring and it's it's really overwhelming. But uh, Churchill took good care of uh, all their people. You know, we had, we had a beautiful suite on the finish line. Mm-hmm. Every horse had their own suite with, uh, I think, like 23 people in it. Mm-hmm. And it was just really nice, and uh, everything was good. Only complaint to Churchill is they don't even sell racing forms at Churchill, so figure that out. Uh, makes no sense to me, but if you want a racing form, you can't get one at Churchill Downs. You have to get the racing form before you go to the track. Yeah, it's one of those things like they had with the the impasse with for a long time with the paramutual yeah. contract here. They did have uh, they have uh, different viewpoints uh, in business wise with the racing form, so they don't have it there on track. But uh, you were smart enough to bring it along. Yeah, but it's like going to a restaurant and they don't give you silverware, you know? It's kind of a a crazy situation, but but that's what I compared it to, and uh, people thought that was pretty funny. But you're right, everyone obviously had a form that that wanted to have a form, but it's just weird that that they don't sell forms at a racetrack. All right, now you're back to uh, living, uh, you're back now to reality, and you're uh, back to handicapping and all. Back to the real world. (laughs) Back to the real world and handicapping, et cetera. And I know that uh, any of the tracks that were on our menu today are not tracks that you normally do, but uh, we'll be back in business tomorrow because uh, Belmont will be back and Churchill Downs has finally cleared out uh, all of the debris, and they're going to be back in action after the Derby. And, of course, uh, you know, uh, of course, Oaklawn Park has uh, uh, completed their meet. They they closed on Sunday. We'll get a report from John Leno tomorrow on the uh, the uh, the wrap-up of Oaklawn. But uh, you'll be back in business. And, and now we can look forward to the Preakness. My only thought about the Preakness is I hope this horse runs. Doesn't have to win, but I want him to run well. Uh, so it kind of, right. <laughs> it, it kind of uh, you know, validates that race a little bit. Yeah, right. So it validates the the Derby. That's for sure. But, you know, I got to tell you, you know, he he won his only race at that racetrack. I know it was a maiden claimer, and I know he got claimed out of it, but he won the thing by a zip code. So, uh, you know. 17 lengths. He won by by 17 lengths. Amazing. All right, Jonathan. uh, And I'm sure that when you got (laughs) – sure that – Yesterday and Monday, you did nothing but lay in bed and, and re, re, re-energize, I'm sure. Yeah, I'm starting to re-energize now. I should be ready by tomorrow. By the way, Ralph, tomorrow, Churchill Post time, 5 p.m. Eastern time, and uh, Belmont, 3.05 on Thursdays. Really? 3.05 Eastern time. Uh, I know that they they tried the Twilight uh, Post time at Belmont on Fridays, didn't they? But now they're doing it on Thursdays, too? It didn't work Friday, so they figured I'll try it Thursday, yeah. <laughs> All right, we got it. Uh, so it'll be a – and uh, Churchill Downs, of course, they do have those twilight post times, that's for sure. So, hey, thanks a lot, my man. Um, I hope you wore your race day hat somewhere along the line. I did, Ralph. I wore it, and then they made me switch to my saga knife hat, but I had my race day hat in my pocket in case we made the winner circle. All I was right. going to uh, – you were gonna, you were gonna, you were gonna be a, you were gonna be a rogue, right? Rogue for race day. There you go. Well, uh, thanks a lot, Jonathan. Right, you, thanks a lot for uh, letting us participate vicariously through you and the Kentucky Derby and all that. And as long as the horse and the jockey came back okay, we'll live to uh, fight another day. That's for sure. Absolutely. Thank you, Ralph. Stay safe and be well. And thank you to all the listeners for all the great emails I got. Thank you. All right, and we will uh, talk to you tomorrow and uh, go rest. <laughs> Thanks. All right. You got it, my man. Uh, Jonathan Hardoon's experience with the cyber knife in the Kentucky Derby. Well, can't wait to hear what John Lindo and Jerry J have to say. I know Jerry J was very high on Taba, but I got to tell you what, that is just one day and one race because did he hit a home run on Sunday with his uh, power pages. We'll talk a little bit about that as well. 
Don't go away. We will be right back. And I'll have your Twin Q results from Sunday with that carryover. STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and a $50 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Details available at all sportsbooks. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. from drf.com is the exclusive past performance content provider for the race day las vegas show all righty back on race day las vegas before we get to john lindo and his thoughts now they had a couple of days uh, after the kentucky derby i'm going to give you the results of sunday's twin q at station casinos now on Saturday, they put up a $20,000 guaranteed twin Q at station casinos, and one of the races featured the Kentucky Derby. And nobody had the twin Q because of that big win by Rich Strike, etc. So it carried over to Sunday, and Sunday's twin Q pot, the jackpot, was $25,879.20. It featured the 8th and 10th races at Santa Anita. Now, in the 8th race at Santa Anita on Sunday... The winner was Palio's Princess, paying thirty-six twenty. The second horse was the four-to-five favorite M is for Magic, paying two eighty to place. So then you went to the second half of the Twin Q, which was the tenth race at Santa Anita. That winner, Farakara or Farak, uh, paid seven eighty, and the second horse, Flintstroll, paid seven sixty. So the winning numbers were one nine with four thirteen. There were 36 winning tickets that chopped up the big carryover pot. Each ticket received $718.85. $718.85 for 36 winning tickets, chopping up the 25000 plus on the Sunday carryover at the Twin Q. They'll have another Qu- Twin Q station casinos on Friday for $5,000. And now we'll go to uh, John Lindo standing by. John, I know that uh, you, we were experience, uh, experiencing a lot of uh, adrenaline as well over the weekend, and so I would imagine that you rested up Monday and Tuesday as well. Yeah, it was great. Uh, first of all, good morning, Ralph. We uh, had a lot of chances to get together with different people and see a lot of uh, friends out in Las Vegas. And, yeah, it was kind of a crash and burn Monday afternoon and Tuesday, so... Uh, and uh, getting ready to wrap up again now. I'll, I'll be doing uh, Santa Anita only this week, so I, I don't have to have the, the sheets out until tomorrow for Friday. So I got a chance to actually uh, see the sun a little bit and get outside. Well, I know that when uh, we uh, last talked on Sunday, you did give us a winner at Santa Anita on the show. Defunded got there at $6 even. So, uh, yes, Virginia, there is racing and trying to pick winners the day after the Twin Q as well, that's for sure. But uh, a thought or two now that you had a couple of days to think about the uh, Derby. Well, you watch that Derby, and, and this is the first Kentucky Derby to me, Ralph, that was kind of run like they used to be run before they had all the Kentucky Derby qualifying points. You know, mm-hmm. Before those qualifying points, you used to get a lot of sprinters that had uh, you know, amassed a lot of uh, uh, purse earnings, mm-hmm. and they'd come out there and just run blistering half miles and back up through the field, and it would kind of change the race shape. Uh-huh. 
well, you know, but Summers tomorrow set a, a sprinter's pace in there, and uh, it did two things. Uh, it, it set up the, the winner from, from way back, but uh, I tell you, it also spread Eagle the field a little bit, and it was a very cleanly run derby. For 20 horses, you didn't hear a lot of sob stories. You know, I got stopped, I, I got through. There wasn't a lot of uh, horses banging off each other. It was a pretty cleanly run race, and I thought both the favorites, Epicenter and Zandon, had great trips. Uh, I was watching Flavian Pratt just tuck Zandon in behind Epicenter, following him around the track, and he had his chance at the top of the lane, but Epicenter held him off. But you know, here comes Rich Strike down on the inside, flying by on both of the wire. A very cleanly run derby this year. Yeah, it was, and uh, although, um, you know, uh, some horses just didn't fire, uh, you know, being the fact that the front half went so fast and those horses were backing up rather quickly and the closers were kind of picking them up uh, rather quickly, it could have been a lot of log jams going on, but it seemed like it was a pretty uh, cleanly run race. Southern California horses, Taba and, of course, Messier finished up the track. Uh, do we have any thoughts about any of the California horses returning for the Preakness? Well, both Messier and Tabor are headed back to California. They will not run in the Preakness. Mm-hmm. I don't know who else will be going from there. I have not heard anything about the Doug O'Neill horse, uh, if he is going. Uh, on the list of, of probables right now, there were 12 horses and really not much from, from California. It looks like it, it's going to be an East Coast-based group of horses and, you know, right now they have both the D. Wayne Lucas horses, Ethereal Road and Seek for Those. I don't think he will run both of those in the race. So he'll have to decide whether he'll run the Colt, Ethereal Road, or the filly who won the uh, Kentucky Oaks, mm-hmm. Secret Oath. And we'll see which way he decides to go. Well, we know that Rich Strike uh, this morning was at the uh, training center, the Mercury uh, Training Center there. Uh, and he had his gallop this morning. It looked great. I saw uh, the uh, the footage on uh, Twitter earlier today. So they're getting ready to uh, move into uh, Pimlico and start training uh, there. Pimlico is going to have a special 12-day Preakness meet, of course, highlighted by the 147th running of the uh, 147th running of the uh, Preakness on Saturday, May 21st. But they'll start their uh, 12-day Preakness meet uh, tomorrow, right? Yeah, it kicks off. It's a, like I say, it's real short and sweet. You know, that grandstand still needs a lot of work to be done. They're going to renovate, but they haven't started anything yet. Mm-hmm. And uh, there's, there's a lot of rubber bands and duct tape holding that place together at this point. But, uh, <laughs> sure uh, you know, it, it'll be, it, it's neat that it's still there. And, and Baltimore is a great city to go visit for, the, for a classic like that. But uh, we'll, we'll see what happens as far. I, I want to see how they can uh, keep putting more and more people into a place that really needs to, to be upgraded. Yeah, and you got to get the crab case there, though. Woo. Oh, you got you got to. Yeah, that's, that's part of the experience. Now, on May twenty first, which is Preakness Day at Pimlico, of course, they'll have a, an abundance of other races, uh, stakes races on the card, and it only always gets a lot of, uh, you know, these horses and these d- divisions that show up as well. They got the Skip Pat Stakes, the Sir Barton, uh, for the three year olds that didn't make the Preakness, the Maryland Sprint, the Jim McKay Turf Sprint, the James Murphy. The Gallarette, which is a grade three. The Dinner Party, a grade two. And the Chick Lang, a grade three. And, the uh, you know, all those races, in addition, of course, to the Preakness, which is a million and a half dollars. So as we move through the Triple Crown, each and every one of the uh, Triple Crown host tracks, and the next one is Pimlico, has those big race days that surround not, uh, on the day of the main event, but, of course, uh, the day before for the uh, Phillies, that'll be the Black Eyed Susan. So it'll be a... It'll be a great run now through uh, the Belmont Stakes, that's for sure. And uh, we will, of course, be uh, watching the trials and tribulations of the Derby winner, which is the only horse in the world that can win the Triple Crown this year. Uh, you, you, you mentioned uh, the California horses. One one horse that will go back there, Adari, My- Adari Manor, the filly, mm-hmm. uh, will, will go back for the black-eyed Susan. And, and she's moving barns. She was originally transferred from Bob Baffert to Tim Yachtin. Uh-huh. She is now with Sean McCarthy, and she will be headed out to Baltimore for the, uh, the black-eyed Susan. All right, uh, John, you'll be with us tomorrow. We're going to wrap up Oakland. We had a very successful meeting, that's for sure. And then we'll be getting ready, set, and go uh, for more racing when Santa Anita starts on Friday. I want to thank you so much for stopping by for today. All right, right you got it. We'll, we'll talk to you tomorrow. All right, you got it, my man. All right, when we come back, we got Jerry Jackowitz. Don't go away. Hey. 
STN Sports is the only sports betting app you need this season. STN Sports has it all. In-play betting, mobile parlay cards, the Play Plus card to fund and withdraw from anywhere in Nevada, and a $50 new sign-up bonus. STN Sports even lets you earn rewards for every bet. Safe and easy betting from your phone or tablet. Go to StationCasinoSports.com or sign up at any Station Casino or Wildfire. Details available at all sportsbooks. Want to bet your favorite horse but can't make it to the race book? South Point Casino's race book has the answer. Come in and sign up for the Nevada Racebook mobile app. For just a $50 minimum deposit, you'll have the Racebook right at your fingertips, no matter where you are in Nevada. It's convenient, fun, and easy to use. When you do have time to visit, South Point Casino is the perfect place to be. Our Racebook is completely separate from the sportsbook and totally dedicated to the horse player. With 52 overhead TVs, free Wi-Fi, and cocktail service, bring your tablet or smartphone and plug into the USB ports to look up your favorite handicapping website without draining your battery. Want to wager from your seat? No problem with our IPTs. Just sign up, make a deposit, and you're off to the races. Plus, you'll earn points for dining, hotel, movies, entertainment, and the spa just by using the club card when wagering. Whether you want to come in or play from the comfort of your home, South Point Casino's Racebook has you covered. The Race Day Las Vegas Show, the only exclusive daily local media racing information source in Las Vegas. All righty, now we're going to bring in uh, Jerry Jackwitz to wrap up the show for today. Jerry, good morning. Good morning, Ralphie. Now, I know that you went out on the line big time on Taba that ran so poorly in the uh, Kentucky Derby that you were kind of depressed on Sunday when you came on the show. But, well, that is, that, still... but that's only one day and one race, remember. But the Power Pages had a home run on uh, Sunday at Santa Anita, right? Yes, they did. I, and that did make me feel a lot better because that's really, you know, it's really just as important to get it right on Sunday as it is on Saturday. Absolutely. And, and uh, tell yeah. everybody what happened with the Power Pages if they were fortunate oh, okay. enough to get it. Yeah, no, if you had the Santa Anita Power Page, uh, the top-rated horse won the second, the third, the fourth the fifth, the sixth, and the seventh race consecutively. Mm-hmm. And then in the eighth race, our top-rated horse ran second. But the only star horse in the race won the race, I think, paid 33.60. It paid 36.20, as a matter of fact. 36.20, right. Mm-hmm. And then uh, we, we, our top-rated horse did not win the ninth race, didn't run second. Mm-hmm. Our second-rated horse defunded one. That was John's pick, by the way. Mm-hmm. And then we got to the last race, our top-rated horse, which was the play we gave out on the radio, was yeah. also a star horse, Farquhar won. Yeah, paid 780. Yeah, not bad. And then we had the exacta too. So uh, I think we did really well. You certainly did. Uh, in, getting the rat- in getting the ratings, you know, really spot on at uh, Santa Anita. Uh, but, you know, uh, we, we've talked about it a lot, about what the difference between ratings and, uh, you know, handicapping opinions. Use the ratings to get to your handicapping mm-hmm. opinion and to building your place. So, But we did our job really nice. All right, now a reflection on the Kentucky Derby. I know that you really thought that Taba was going to just uh, blast off because he has such yeah. potential. And I honestly believe he'll be the best out of this three-year-old group at the end of the year. But I thought it was just too much to ask of him to on his third uh, racing wow. experience to ship into a place like Churchill, get the crowd and all that in a big field like that. But uh, give me a thought on that. Well, I, I think the, I think shipping into Churchill in the big field, uh, you could see it a, its effect on the entire race. Uh-huh. Uh, the particularly, uh, I mean, the most interesting horse really was uh, was a Crown's um, Crown Pride, Pride mm-hmm. who went to the lead and ran just insane fractions. I never well, now, hold on a second. Crown Pride did not go to the lead. Summer is Tomorrow was the leader, but Crown Pride was pressing. Was right on him. Yeah, right. Okay, it was right on him. And, took, mm-hmm. and so one pushed the other who pushed the other. And mm-hmm. uh, To be really honest, I never saw uh, that kind of run out of the, either one of those two horses. And, of course, like Insanity, Messier joined in and somebody else joined in. And Taiba was three, four lengths off the first quarter, and they ran just insane. Yeah, it was suicidal. You know, ran... It was suicidal. Absolutely. In fact, there was 10 horses that ran to the uh, half-mile pole, the first four furlongs, about the same speed as what 
Justify did when he was alone on the lead on a sloppy track a few years ago. To give you some kind of sense of, it was very similar in terms of the actual time they ran. So, um, yeah, they basically all compromised themselves. But I, I, I don't, you know, I'm never going to criticize Mike Mike Smith because he really knows what he's doing. He's kind of a smart jockey. And I'm sure he was doing everything he could to coax Taba into running slower. And uh, it was impossible. The horse just took off. And when they do, and they don't listen to their jockey, uh, that's my opinion. I could be wrong. Maybe he was urging them, but I yeah. didn't think so. But, All right. Well, but, he was fifth in, in the early going, but that was close right. enough to the suicidal pace yeah. to really dull uh, the the uh, ability right. of uh, Taba. Yeah. But also one other comment, and that's, not surprising with lightly raised horses who are topish, and he's certainly qualified as a top hor- a topped out horse. Mm-hmm. Is that they they still feel pretty good, and they start to run because they're feeling good, and they start to run and get into the race, and they they exhaust all of their um, energy, and then they bounce right in the middle of the race. Right. And I think that's really what happened with Tyler. So, all right. So, a right. uh, thought about Rich Strike, and then we'll wrap up the show. Yeah, nice horse. Absolutely impossible to kind of rate properly. Uh, he did yeah. run well at Churchill Downs. It wasn't, and he went by 17 lengths last year, but it wasn't really that fast yeah. a race. It was a maiden claiming race. And right. There's really nothing in, in, in the middle to kind of like point at him. But we all saw what we saw, and he ran home really nicely. He was real lively through the stretch. Mm-hmm. He actually ran a, a figure approximately what Giacomo ran when he won and paid 50 to 1. Uh-huh. And so that's what happens. The race collapses. A, a slower horse comes and gets the money, um, and that's part of handicapping. Um, I would have. I really thought simplification, if he was meant to go a mile and a quarter, would have actually won that race. Um, well. And by the way, the same comment... It, 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 people won't believe this, but the same comments about the early speed affecting the horses, they, it affected Epicenter and Zandon, too. They were actually too close to that yeah, pace. Yeah, and they kept going. They kept going, but they they were really running pretty slow for them through the stretch. Yeah. If they had a little better uh, pace set up, if they weren't quite so close to such a hot pace, they would have probably won that race. But yeah. uh uh, they would have both probably beaten Rich Strike, but uh, they were coming back at the end too. So, uh, but Rich Strike ran great, you know. And who's to say that he can't get improved? Typically, the Kentucky Derby winner does actually improve over the next uh, three, three to four weeks. So, I fully expect Rich Strike to come out and run another good race next time he steps on the track. Yeah, he's certainly this caliber. Well, if they're going long. Well, we got ten days to discuss it before right. uh, they uh, they run the Preakness, and so our first uh, look uh, ahead to the Preakness sees uh, some uh, new shooters as well as some uh, that performed in the Kentucky Derby. But we will continue with that, and certainly you'll be back with the Power Pages in Belmont Park tomorrow. So you got one more thing to say today. Have a great race day, everybody.